and the time to start if you're not living your dream is right now start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future when all that comes together something happens called fulfillment if you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life it's just from internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it and I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings everyone, Ronnie Landis coming to you on another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. And as always, I feel like I say this every single time now, we have an incredible episode lined up for you today. That's what I say every single time. And it's actually, it's obviously sincere because um, the caliber and the type of people I bring on are actually people that I love to learn from. Um, and uh, so it is true. I just caught myself for a second. I don't know why. I was just like, I say that every single time, but it's actually 100% true. We do have an incredible episode lined up for you today. And it's one that I've uh, been lining up or just set the, set the intention for quite some time. And uh, today I'm bringing on my dear, dear friend and brother from Kauai, uh, Hawaii, um, Mr. Spencer Mack. And uh, I've known this man for quite some time. We have had some incredible deep dives um, on the Kauai Island and um, so many incredible adventures and rabbit holes and just conversations. And we've trained together and we've done alchemical concoctions. And I've pretty much watched him do all kinds of alchemical food, chocolate, herbal concoctions um, in the, the, the herbal alchemical laboratory back at Noni land when he, he worked there and Stuart there, Stuart, their whole entire permaculture operation. I've learned so much just by being around this guy and um, he's someone I'm just, I can just say is like one of my dear, dear friends and brothers and comrades, soul allies on this mission to uplift and uh, enhance the planet, essentially, um, and save the planet in a lot of ways by the way that we live our life. And, um, you know, we, we did an uh, interview about two years ago, I think it was, and we dove deep into some really, really cool topics. We did that interview in Kauai when I was living there, one of the iterations anyways, I've done a few, a few, a few iterations and I'm sure there'll be plenty more, but, um, you know, we, we got to talking you and me, Spencer, we got to talking, uh, recently we were on the phone and just had a little banter back and forth. And, um, it was like, yeah, we, we really need to like, let's let, I think we've said that a few times. We've had a number of conversations where like, man, we should have recorded that. So here we are, mm -hmm. we're back here. You're over in Kauai as, as you've been for many years and um, I just want to kind of dive in with you because we have a lot that I want to talk about. I want to talk about a number of things. I want to talk about plant-based ketosis, a ketogenic type of diet on a plant-based diet. I want to talk about dispelling some of these fraudulent or common health and nutrition myths. That's kind of one of the conversations we had the other day on the phone and just people running around on the internet and social media, literally making things up. 
and, and confusing a lot of people. And um, so I want to kind of bring that into the field and uh, also, also your perspectives on what it really means to be vitally healthy from a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual perspective. That's one of the things I think psychology is one of the things that you and me have talked a lot about. I want to dive into all that. But uh, first, let's uh, just drop into this moment. Like, how are you doing? And kind of catch all of us up on, you know, what's been going on in your world since the last time we, we dropped in on this, uh, this interview. Well, beautiful, Ronnie. First off, thank you for having me, man. It's always a joy to connect. And as you said, the dynamism of our relationship and all of the different dimensions we've gotten to interact and co-create and uh, it's just fantastic. So when you offered the opportunity to link this up, had to jump at it, my friend. And what I love even more is that this is our free flow catch up tune in. You know, we don't even, <laughs> not even necessarily having to foresighted but um just knowing like you said all of the different levels that we get to connect on and and share and uh having the ability to share this with other people thanks to this technology uh, really excited about it i'm doing well man just working the land i'm on a very nice off-grid farm up on the northeast coast of Kauai. it's just been it's kind of like a retreat it's even uh-huh. further step back than than the last place i was holding even kind of deeper in the nature, no Wi-Fi fields. It's all run on solar. Um, it's been good sleep. I'll tell you that. Wow. Um, just early mornings, waking up to the stars and walking in the grass and deep meditation and mm. deeper states of uh, peace and awareness and gratitude. So <laughs> it did make it a little <laughs> difficult when we wanted to connect through through this. So I'm still getting the ability to integrate these two halves of ourselves here you know Mm. our nature and then uh our creation this technology and um interconnected world we're in so Mm -hmm. glad glad it all worked out yes absolutely and yeah you yeah you've been in quite a bit of a transition um and uh maybe maybe it's a good opportunity to dive into some of the topics because it it's quite expansive and we can expand very, very deeply. I, I, yeah, let's just jump in. I think the first thing is like, you know, and, and you can also kind of give a background of your, you know, your experience and your background in these fields, because it's quite in depth. Um, I guess my question is like, from your perspective, what does it look like to be vitally healthy? From, from a complete human perspective, you know, the mental, the emotional, the physical, and spiritual aspects, um, because oftentimes in, in kind of the fields of whatever health, spirituality, metaphysics, uh, psychology, um, et cetera, et cetera, these things are often compartmentalized. And what I think we're seeing in our world is now there's more of an integral perspective where everything is like, it's like you transcend and include. You transcend cur- past states of consciousness or past perspectives or paradigms, but you also include what you've learned versus like, oh, I'm, be- I'm beyond that now. So like, I'm kind of better than that now, which is kind of like this dualistic thing that um, I think the, the world is challenged by. But now it's like kind of like transcend and include and include everything together, all the pieces of the puzzle. So uh, yeah, I'm curious what your perspective on vital health really looks like at this stage in the game. Mm. You know, when we really realize what our potential is, like to say a particular example of that there's not a lot of humans that are are holding (laughs) what the human is capable of but thanks to all of this integration like you're saying it's we're really connecting the dots on a lot of fronts and that's what it takes is is a holistic perspective on life uh having the exercise having the environment having the relationships having your self-awareness to be in tune with your own emotions your own identity having your service your connection to the community the the way that you are contributing to the whole having your practice or your art something you're cultivating and developing there's so many little facets that go into what would be a complete picture of health of of a vital or superior person however you want to put it 
Um, but that those are the some of the main spectrums, right? The emotional health, mm-hmm. spiritual, mental, physical, dietary. Um, and ultimately what I believe we're looking for is a state. You know, we say what does health look like, but looks can be deceiving. Um, the state that is achieved is something that's experienced when you meet somebody and you get to feel reality through their perception. Uh, that I believe is what we're really looking for when it comes to being vitally alive as a peak state of awareness, being awakened, alert, present. Um, and you know, I've been fooled so many times by people that I just wouldn't really know how deep or how vast or how expansive they are uh, back when I used to judge people based more on their appearance. (laughs) (laughs) However, I I do know that whenever a lifestyle is adhered to with health, with wellness, with peace, with kindness and love, uh, the body, the form does change. It mutates, it grows, it'll regenerate. Uh, based on the character traits, the intentions, the ideas that that individual holds. So although looks can be deceiving, uh, they can also be quite revealing. Mm. If you you know this paradoxical reality we live in, both sides are equally true. (laughs) So Mm. that's the dynamic of of my picture of health. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Yeah, and I'm curious, you know, you brought up the emotions and the ability to feel your emotions. And one of the things that I'm harping on constantly is this whole sedation, tranquilizing, medication type of culture that we have. And, and obviously, one form of medication is pharmaceutical drugs, but that's, that's only one obvious, more overt thing. There's many other ways to sedate or to medicate ourselves through distractions, through avoidance tactics. Um, But all of it really seems to come down to one fundamental thing, which is an avoidance of feeling, of sensing our our sensorium, so to speak, like the the sensations in our body that we, we essentially judge as good or bad or high or low, but they're really just energy moving through the current of the, the body or the chakras or whatever. And, and it can be very uncomfortable. And I think that's why people will numb or medicate themselves for a number of number of different different reasons. So, you know, we we've talked a lot about that. You know, we're talking about like David Hawkins' work and and people like Jordan Peterson, all the different kind of riffs and raps that we've gotten into while picking cacao pods on the farm. <laughs> and and you know, I just think about those conversations and I think about that theme. And that's something that you've always been very, very attuned to. And you've always, from my perspective, you've been absolutely diligent in weeding out the obstructions that have essentially blocked you from being able to feel the full spectrum of emotionality. So um, I'd love for you to talk about even your process or your perspective on the emotional side of vibrant health. Mm. All of those things that I just listed contribute to developing an individual's ability to feel the primary and most important one that I deem necessary in cultivating self-awareness and sense of your own emotions as well as empathy for others is meditation which is very basically put sitting and feeling (laughs) you know sitting still and being aware of what comes up and Mm -hmm. just watching it and most of us are driven by what comes up we are manipulated and coaxed and danced around like puppets by what comes up continuously And when these patterns are allowed to play out, they repeat because it's safe to repeat. We know we didn't die yesterday when we did this. We can do it today. It's going to ensure that we survive. Uh, But there's always something more there that's the unknown. Mm. And to sit there in that and to not follow through on the things you know are safe uh, is difficult. 
Mm-hmm. And so cultivating that, I find, is just at the foundation of developing self-awareness and empathy, like the most vitally necessary things on this planet right now. And so practicing meditation, and that's what those early mornings are so vital for. That's what, uh, you know, scheduling time out in your schedule just for contemplation, for silence, uh, is extremely valuable. Your senses as a whole heighten when you learn to listen to the subtleties that come up. Because when you first start, it's all this loud noise. It's these really obvious things. And it takes time for you to really start to sink down into the subtleties, the under layers that are really the seeds of these big waves up here. You know how they say it's the butterfly's wings that mm-hmm. created the tornado in Tokyo, right? Right, right, the butterfly right. effect. Yeah. It's the seeds of the effect in our life are not so obvious. Mm. And in order to be sensitive enough to perceive the source of the creation that we're existing in, you really have to be quiet. Mm. It's, a lot, it's a lot more difficult than it sounds. It's like teaching a kid. It's like, okay, stay here in this room. Don't touch any of these toys on the walls. Like, How long is it going to take that kid to actually be able to do that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or training a dog, so to speak. But once that level is reached, uh, profound things are possible. You know, once you really realize where that seed of creation comes from, uh, you can start planting the seeds you want and get effect much faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like realizing that there is weeds in the garden and that we've potentially allowed those weeds to to root themselves very deep into the the neuro network of the or the the micro the the the, um, the microbiome in the mycelial network into the soil or the neuro network into the garden of the mind, if you want to think of it that way. And so some of those, when they were pulling out those weeds, it could be potentially painful and uncomfortable because they've become rooted for years or, or decades. And some of them are epigenetically transferred through generations. We don't even realize the level of like trauma that may not even be ours. It might be inherited. And so it's kind of like more of a karmic, thing that we've adopted that is for us to actually clear so we don't pass it on to the next generation right there's all kinds of different i guess intricacies to this but without going into the complexity of it because i think the, the the principle is pretty simple and i think ultimately kind of the pathway or the solution to dissolve these self-defeating habits or these emotional avoidance tactics is exactly what you said, is that we have to get into a place where we're contemplative, where we're still, because that's really it, isn't it? It's like the, all the noise and the, the addiction to being busy or the addiction to anything is, is an attempt to avoid actually, you know, being with ourself, which is like, it's, it's such a fascinating paradox it's so strange when i even when i say that and feel the truth in it it's like that is so weird that's so strange Uh why is it that way i don't know but it it is what it is and um you know so i guess kind of like the next thing is i'd like to just talk about is your perspective on like what we call like addictive patterns or ingrained habits um uh or self-sabotaging or self-defeating um, tendencies. Obviously, it's the same conversation, but you know, now taking it to more of a, a practical, a practical thing. Because everybody listening to this, I guarantee you can think of at least one to ten or twenty different things in your life or in your life right now that are not serving you. And you may feel like it's kind of like a straitjacket sometimes because it's not enough to know. It's like most people know a lot of the things that they're doing are not serving them. It's not helping them feel more vital, feel healthy, feel more clear. But for some reason, there's this weird addictive compulsion to, or this repetitive compulsion in psychological terms to keep repeating that behavior. And uh, I'd like to hand that over to you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I like what we started with is really all you need. It's that simple. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so everything we speak about from here on is basically an iteration of that, <laughs> which I love that symbol in the back, by the way, because mm-hmm. uh, also known as the circumpunct or the hidden symbol. It's mm-hmm. also the circle with the dot. It's the simplest symbol. And it's my favorite symbol because it's a single point of focus, right? It's a bullseye. It's your ability to concentrate your own efforts at one thing at one time. Mm. Your, your ability to be present at this one point in time, this one moment. How much can you condense and concentrate your essence, your person here now? And that directly equates to your power in this world. How potent is your presence? How condensed can you make that laser, right? You can have a flashlight, which is cool. You can see the room or you can burn a hole through it with a laser, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and certain points are more valuable at different times. Uh, I'd like to share a book that I've been listening to recently. It's been really useful is called The Mind Illuminated. And this man, I'll, honestly, I can't recall the author's name right off the top of my head, but his uh, ability to break down all of the different compartments of the mind, because we're com- the mind is not one singular thing. It's composed of many parts. Like our body has many different digits and hands and organs that all have their own function. And he's done such a good job of simplifying the practice of meditation and compartmentalizing the different aspects of the consciousness. But just to simplify it, And again, with the symbol, the circle and the dot, the dot is the attention, your ability to pay attention to a single point. And the circle is the awareness, your ability to have that flashlight. So you have an overall picture of reality of of your sensorial experience right now. And it's it's a dance between the two, right? We have to be aware of our reality, but being able to stay concentrated on what our focus and our objective is. So uh, I had to bring that up because it's uh, fantastic. That symbol's right there. <laughs> the circumpunct. It's also the symbol for gold and alchemy. Mm-hmm. The symbol for the sun. Um, but when it comes to bad habits and trying to change character traits or bad patterns, it's it's still the same thing because once you really see what's at the root of that, what the driving force is, if you really see what it is, it just dissolves. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. You'll no longer follow through with it. It does not compute. If you can bring light to the source of those addictions to that pain and what's at the beginning of it. But so often it's like when there's a pain there, when there's a problem, you don't want to look at it because you're afraid of what you're going to find. And the unknown is far worse than what's actually there. It's what is unknown is as bad as you can possibly imagine. But once you can actually look and quantify and name what it is you're dealing with, it's, it's in a box. You understand it, it can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. But when it's this world of the unknown, like this problem, this trauma, I don't want to look at it. I want to feel it. I'm going to keep going over here and doing these substances, which just makes this, you're feeding this. Um, it's, it's far worse than actually, you know, so the way that I've been saying it to myself recently is just getting better at just jumping off the cliff. <laughs> so where, where I'm at is this awesome cliff jump and it's like 50 feet. And I had a friend who was just really good at getting me out there and throwing me off like first thing in the morning, better than coffee, straight uh-huh. into the ocean. Yeah. Oh my God, wide awake, right? Um, <laughs> but you see so many different people try it. Yeah. And some people get up there and just like too much thought. You just get in your head and it just keeps getting worse. The longer you're up there, the worse it is. But once you have developed perhaps a certain level of faith, perhaps because you've been alive long enough to see like, hey, I've fallen off this and I'm still alive. I did that and I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we develop a certain amount of faith that there's just times where you got to jump and you're going to be okay. You may not land the best ever but you're going to get better at it. And the more time you spend just contemplating it, the worse it's going to be. So when you become aware of these troubles of these trials, the sooner you can just attend to it, the easier it is, you know, the sooner you move past it, the longer it sits Mm -hmm. there, the more it grows. So 
you know, feeling free to, to really contemplate the source of these patterns and, and meditate on those things. That's how we undo them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that can be expanded upon that. Just that one principle and that, that principle of not overthinking and just jumping when you get the, the impulse to do it, or you get the, the, com- you are compelled to jump. It's like, you got to, you got to just, you just got to trust. You got to trust and have faith and just, you look over just to gauge, you know, okay, I'm going to land, I'm going to jump. So I know how far I need to propel myself. I know if I need to kind of like get a little room to, to jump so I don't like hit a rock or something. But other than that, it's like, you do, then you just got to do it, right? Then you just got to get off the cliff and jump. Because I remember one time I was on the big island and I climb up this big, you know, it's like 30, 40, 40 feet up and I'm climbing up this, this, uh, rocky, this rocky cliff and I get to the top and it starts getting misty. And I was looking down, I was like, I can't actually climb down. It's like, <laughs> it is getting wetter. So I'm like, Oh, sh- okay. Like I better, I have to jump now cause it's going to get slippery. And then I jumped off and it was like, I, you know, and then it becomes a, a new addiction. This is better. Ah, right, right. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I can't wait to do that again. So, yeah. you know, there, there is that part of it too, that I think people that haven't entrained themselves to take leaps of faith, um, you know, that's a, that's the other perspective is that like, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's like, you know, if you think your other addiction is a high, like wait till you get the natural high of like taking leaps of faith, because that's that, that high right there doesn't have a low. <laughs> and I like what you brought up, uh, faith and trust, which is really at the root of all of it. And I believe at the root of yeah. all of our problems uh, in our community, in our communication, we don't trust one another. We can't, you know, place faith in one another. So we have to have all these walls and laws. Um, having just faith in the universe and God and nature, whatever you want to call it, you know, this is an intimate relationship we're developing with ourselves, with our experience. And at the source of it, you know, you are benevolent. We are benevolent. This is benevolent. And once we've cultivated a certain level of faith, jumping, so to speak, like say, I'm going to try and heal this addiction. I'm going to try this cleanse or whatever it may be. It may not actually be the right solution right away, but just like, all right, I want to change. You see a solution. The solution comes into your awareness. This might work. Do it. And that could be the wrong solution, but you just express your intention to mm. do something about it. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. Like two people can do the same cleanse, but if they start from two different seeds of action, two different intentions, they'll get two different results. Same action, different results based on the reason for doing it. You know, so if you're jumping with the in good intention to heal, to renew, even if, say, it's shallow water and it may hurt a little bit, <laughs> you're going to be okay. You know, mm. like th- there is a life supports good intention. And so just mm. the more that we do that, like starting small, you see, all right, here's a three day cleanse. All right, here's a, I'll commit to a month of this lifestyle practice. I'll do yoga every morning. I'm just jump into that. I'm going to do it. I made a commitment. Try it. You know, it's not going to end your life. You're not going to waste your life. You're going to get an experience out of it. And those small steps ultimately um, give you more and more faith faith to commit to more and more powerful action. Um, Beautifully said. I mean, that one point you just mentioned is so profound that, you know, take the next step basically, right? Like, if something shows up for you and you're in a bit of a situation that you want to transition out to, you got to know at least what the next step is. You got to have somewhere to go. And it's like, I think this happens in the diet world all the time where people are definitely ill or sick or they're there. Something's happened to them. They're eating the standard American diet. They have some kind of digestive issue or whatever. And then they hop on. It's like, okay, like this, like 80% fruit diet shows up. It's like, and then they get into that. And it's like, yeah, you're going to heal a lot, if not everything, because it's like, you're getting, you're getting closer and closer towards a natural eating pattern. But then what ends up, and I don't mean to use that as one, that's one of many different examples we could use. You could do the same thing with like the paleo diet or whatever, but then people, 
they don't understand the sequence. They don't understand the long, the long journey that's involved. So then they, that happens. They have, you know, an up-leveled, um, a higher octave of experience. All of a sudden they go from less than optimal to more optimal. And then it's like, that becomes the thing. So then this mm. is a conversation that kind of goes into like potential dogma or fundamentalism, which I think is becoming less and less of an issue, but it's still very much prevalent in, because it's a human neurosis issue. So, you know, but, but granted that step is an infinitely more powerful step. But, but my point, I guess, is that that particular lifestyle diet cleanse, whatever is not the end all be all it's the next upgrade. Mm -hmm. It means that don't get stuck with this idea as if it's the end all be all. It's the thing that was shown to you for whatever reason It was your unique destiny yeah. I guess. and then but there's more to go so don't get dogmatic don't get stuck in this idea because there's a more of the journey to be revealed so true and where that brings my mind something that's vitally important to comprehend one just not getting attached to an identity of some thing you are all of anything everything <laughs> to to isolate yourself into i am this or that any kind of label is just going to limit you but you're right on. People will shift to a certain diet and believe it's like the way and hold on to it. Something that has come up for me recently is just the caution around plateaus, right? We move into a certain space. It relieves us of a tension or a pain that we had. And then we're, we're sitting pretty again for the next little while. But the thing is, life is growth. If it's not growing, it's dying. If it's not growing, it's stagnant and it's going to rot. It's going to putrefy. It's going to create disease. So, so you may have reached a new place. You're free of your eczema, your digestive problems. And if you just want to sit there, soon enough, you're going to have more motivation. <laughs> Maybe in, in some form or another, right? Because life has to go up. We have to grow. Yeah. And it's it's a necessity uh, for fulfillment is to achieve our potential. And since we're limited beings, that's a never ending journey, mm. you know. And so being cautious, if you do hit a plateau, of course, you know, be grateful to yourself and, and celebrate your discipline and your growth. Uh, but understand that the medicine was the growing and not that particular step you took, you know, the yeah. movement itself. So it's a continuous education. It's a continuous process to unfold and be wary of plateaus is basically uh, the, the sign that I've been getting uh, recently on. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me how many people will get onto different lifestyles or diets and feel better and not do anything with it. And mm. it, other than promote the diet. You know, but like, and so that's, that's where that energy typically goes. And it's nothing wrong with it per se, um, other than like the, you know, if you get too myopic and the dogma and all that, but like the idea that like you're getting healthy, like there, you, like you said, like watch out because you might end up having more motivation. You might end up having more energy and as a physical system, your body as a physical, holistic, integrative system, it, it's running a current. Right. And this is one of the problems. Dr. Gabriel Cousins pointed this out many years about the one pitfall, one of the pitfalls with a living foods diet is people actually get so healthy that they don't know what to do with it. And they start channeling more electrical current through their body that if they don't use it, then it actually can become um, a problem physiologically, it can actually damage that person psychologically. So, the, so it's like, don't, don't, you know, it's like, you actually need to have a goal or some kind of direction associated with this. Like, especially with something like living food, it's different with like, I think it's almost like a little bit different with more of the cooked food ish diets out there because it's a different, it's a whole different thing. I've never seen anything cut through the BS of the diet, you know, macronutrients, all these different analytical abacus kind of weighing everything out as I have with like living food diets do tend to cut through a lot of the minutia because it's like, you're getting right to the root of like the life force. 
you're actually infusing more life force into your body. So like that electrical current is like, it's a, it's, it's a felt experience. It's like, I've never felt anything. Like when I first did 32 ounces of green vegetable juice, the first time ever, I was like, Oh my God, I've done all these whey wiener protein powders. But man, this right here is a whole different experience. And I felt that electricity and it inspired me to actually work out more and to do more and to like start writing, but there was something to do with the energy. But if we don't have something to do, or there's no kind of like direction or goal associated with it, I think that that, that energy gets locked up. You'll find a new disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like order of operations, right? You need your food, security, shelter. And if you actually get all that on check, you know, you've got to, cultivate your community, your service, your fulfillment through your own evolution and uh, attaining your potential. And so if you've healed all your ails and your physical body's stoked and you don't jump off that cliff of pursuing that, of your contribution, of your personal development, then you're going to have stagnation again and you get the next thing and and you i've seen that a lot i've been in that position it's like you're eating perfectly. me too absolutely. you know what I'm saying? you're as healthy as they come man like but you got you're creating things because you're stopping this natural urge you have this drive you want to do this thing and you know the tendency is there's some kind of judgment or fear that's inhibiting that innate drive to do the mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good bullet point right there. Yeah, definitely for people listening, like, go over this again. I just want to say that, like, definitely take time to go over this again. There's a lot of gemstones that are kind of nuanced in this conversation. This is one of the most interesting perspectives on nutrition diet that I, I don't often get to go into, you know, it takes someone like you to join me for some of these things to come through. But that that last little thing right there, I think that whole little download was of immense value to just recap on. But um, uh, but moving forward with our conversation, I do want to get into these uh, these other areas. I, I want to talk about the plant based ketogenic intermittent fasting cyclic fasting perspective because that's an area that you inspired me so much. I know that you um, you studied under uh, Dr. Noon Amin Ra, and who who is an incredible physical specimen. Talk about someone who's living his potential, unbelievable. But more important than that, the teachings and in, in your own application, because you don't just take things on just because it looks good or it sounds good and create your own storyline around it. You are an experimenter, and you inspired me to actually start playing with it. Um, as a more focused thing. And I actually, um, I don't know if you just a little side, side note. Um, I never, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I don't know if I gave you a copy of this book. I'm pretty sure I did. Mm, there's yeah, a, there's a chapter in here called secrets of the immortals. And there's a section on intermittent and cyclic fasting where I talk about this. And I mention you in it because you actually were the person who inspired me. So I just, I don't know if I ever told you that. So I just want to make sure I told you that in public, it's publicly noted. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So let's, um, let's, let's kind of dive a little bit into if we can consolidate everything that I just riffed on. um, If we could just talk about like, you know, I, I guess I'll wrap it in this question. What are some of the misconceptions about intermittent fasting or cyclic fasting that you might want to just clear up for people? And then what, what are the benefits from your study and your own experience? It's not starvation. It's probably what one of the main things, if you're doing it properly, because intermittent fasting is not there's a difference between caloric restriction and caloric restriction with adequate nutrition, right? What we're talking about is minimizing the calories and maximizing the nutrients. There is no starvation, right? Even though you're fasting a majority of the day, every day, chronically, you're not in starvation mode. And then a lot of people, you also hear ketosis is triggering your body that you're in starvation mode. But ketones, when you have a high circulating level of ketones, they're anti-inflammatory and they actually lower or help slow down the brain waves. It's like a more calm, peaceful state. Like imagine 
how useful that would be if, you know, if your body, when you're starving, gets stressed out and starts uh-huh. just like squeezing cortisol out. How long are you going to live, you know? Mm-hmm. Humans have made uh-huh. it through multiple ice ages. There's, there is a, an ability to run in ketosis. And mm-hmm. so for those people who don't know what ketosis is, you can, two of our primary fuel sources are glucose and ketones. And we get ketones out of fatty acids. And when you deprive the body of glucose, you can actually reach ketosis through a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting. Once right. you've deprived the body of enough energy, uh, primarily carbohydrates, like ketogenic diet will get you there. The fastest because you eliminate carbohydrates, you run out of glucose, and you upregulate the genes that metabolize fat mm-hmm. and create ketones. And there's a slew of benefits that come along with it. And so many of the benefits we're seeing from the ketogenic diet go hand in hand with the benefits we've seen from caloric restriction and intermittent fasting. So ketosis in my eyes seems to be this awesome transitionary uh, tool Mm -hmm. to help adopt more of a fasting lifestyle. And there's no one right anything for anybody (laughs) that is ever like always going to last when it comes to the diet. All of these things are just tools. And Mm -hmm. that's why it becomes difficult when you're like, all right, what's the best diet? It's it's like, where are you right now? What's your goal? Um, And then you just know which lever and which knob to turn. If you really understand all of the tools and how they work and the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting are just profound tools mm. to upregulate your body's ability to detox. The fastest way you can possibly lose weight in a healthy means is on a ketogenic diet. And when you combine the two together, ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting, it's, it's just reproducibly demonstrated. That's a great way to lose fat without losing muscle mass and then actually be able to keep it off because you have a lifestyle that you can adhere to chronically. Um, basically the only place that I don't see that it's most ideal, of course, there are certain, you know, genetic factors, um, and uniqueness, unique situations for each individual, but ketogenic diet is just really useful all around. The one place that I see that utilization of carbohydrates can be really useful is in power athletes or strength, uh, or sprint type athletes right right high high intensity training people who do sprinting um which is what which is what you typically see when it comes to you know a lot of the the um the raw vegan athletes they typically that are more on the carbohydrate fruit trip they tend to have more of a proclivity for long distance and high endurance type of activities that's an interesting observation Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. It's, that's basically what I adhere to myself just because so many of the health issues that I've had personally, uh, like inflammation, skin problems, uh, insomnia, digestive issues, carbohydrates are just at the center of that for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I, I had gone on and off a ketogenic diet multiple times and, you know, just witnessed the, the healing of skin issues, uh, digestive issues, anxiety is a big one. Like the, mm. the peace mm. that, that comes with like running on oil, running on fat, as opposed to, uh, these waves that you get when you're hooked on the sugar train, so to speak, which I know a lot about, you know, when I first started doing these experiments and testing my blood sugar, I was pre-diabetic. Like when I started measuring my, my, uh, blood sugar, I was in the range of pre-diabetes. Wow, I'm like in crazy good shape (laughs) compared to most people, you know, like I train, I've been training for years. Um, So that was pretty profound to find. And I also had chronic hunger issues, like almost this obsessive compulsion for food and planning out what I'm going to eat and all this stuff. And that didn't help whenever I aspired to, to not eat but one meal a day, you know, (laughs) it's like, then spend your day like, man, dinner's going to be awesome. You've become really good. You've become really good at making food. I'll tell you that. But through the ketogenic diet and through 
cultivating my understanding of all of the nutrients because your hunger can actually be because uh, deprivation of a single amino acid. You could be missing an amino acid and your body uh, will, will eat in order to compensate to get enough right. of that. Right. That's called like comp, comp, compensatory feeding or something in lab studies. Like if there is only so much protein in a meal, the animal will eat in order to get to a certain homeostasis. Uh-huh. So a lot of hunger is driven by our ability or attempt to source the nutrients that we need. So when we can really isolate and condense those things, um, yeah, for me, learning that practice and then going more ketogenic, it's like fasting is just so much easier. <laughs> it's like the food I'm not, I don't have the interest, the interest in the food anymore. Honestly, it's like, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's not like a drive of mine anymore. I've, I've noticed, I've noticed a very similar thing. One of the interesting perspectives you brought up is around these nutrient deficiencies. When I go about this approach, I basically, I'm doing full spectrum essential amino acids. I'm doing marine phytoplankton. I'm doing non-caloric forms of bioavailable nutrients like vitamin B12, B complexes, things that I know are unequivocally essential. And to make sure that all my bases are covered, my, my, my macro and micro nutrients, essential, oil, essential fatty acids, things of that nature, those things are just covered. I'm not going to play games with myself and like get into this thing or that. No, like, no, like Buddha would have been way better off if he had these things with him when he was wasting away in the forest, like just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to mention this last point. You know, when they do, when they tracked um, certain animals on migration trails that kept going back over to the salt lakes, mm. they noticed when they fed them magnesium supplements, their migration trails changed and they stopped going over to those lakes. So that's like, okay, interesting. So they were, they intuitively sensed that they needed like magnesium or something like probably didn't know that but that was that was the the inkling right it's amazing they can feed rodents two different diets and one of them is deprived in a single amino acid and they will figure out which one it is wow if they're identical Mm -hmm. yeah there's an innate drive for that and i like what you're saying about making sure your fundamentals are locked you know like don't worry about all this other eccentric additives if you don't have like the the groundwork on lock there it, totally. And, and I think there has to be a disclaimer with all this because there's extreme personalities out there and they're not necessarily tempered with sensibility or with nutritional understanding. And, you know, just understanding the base building blocks, the base DNA kind of uh, necessities that you need to be healthy and vital because you can do this the right way and you can do it seriously the wrong way. And if you do it the wrong way, all of a sudden it's like, this didn't work. So it doesn't work. It's a scam. It's like, no, it's not a scam. Just like veganism is not a scam. It's just like a lot of people out there are doing it really wrong for their constitution or they're just, they're not, they don't understand the fundamentals of, of nutrigenomics, how you're, you know, what do you really need to thrive as a genetic being and something like a, a marine phytoplankton or amino acids or a, a mineral supplement or some of these other things. Um, some herbal tinctures, whatever. We're not going to go into all the little the the nooks and crannies, but understanding that in our world we're so toxic, we're so polluted. People have no idea how toxic we are. Like when you do when they do test samples on on babies coming out of the umbilical cord, two hundred to three hundred pesticides and chemicals. Every child tested, you know, and I don't say that it's a little bit of a side side tangent, but it's just to show, like, look, we're living. We're living in a very toxic world. There's nutrient deficiencies. And no matter what diet we're on, there's certain things we're not going to get from our, our, our compromised mineral deficient food supply. And so that's, first of all, like we have to know, like, look, there's just some basic building blocks that we need. And I do believe, like just coming back to the fasting thing, I do believe in my, my research, my experience in studying kind of the spiritual traditions that always implement. There's always this 40-day fasting perspective in every single thing, whether it's alchemy or it's different spiritual um, religions or, or sex and whatever. 
they always had that. That must mean something. There must be some kind of transformative perspective that happens in a 40-day period that doesn't happen in a 10-day period or a 21-day period. It must be something about the 40-day period. I'm just going to put that out there. And then fasting is always there whether it's abstaining from calories or it's abstaining from whatever these little addictions that we brought up or it's abstaining from food altogether. We just live in a time in history where we can have the most ancient healing technology that's entirely free and we can also have a a nutrition insurance policy, right? We can ensure Mm -hmm. that we're not going off the deep end. We're not just doing something that we're, we're just believing. It's like, stop believing things altogether and start experimenting and testing things and seeing, and seeing, you know, how it works with a little bit of, um, little bit of intelligence. That's my, that's yeah. my little riff. I think it, people just need to learn how to connect it to the things that they love. Even if, if their goals are things like money and, and beauty and more, uh, vain, kind of ideal which we all have you know hell yeah. i want to look good yeah. i want to be good. rich. absolutely yeah and once we comprehend like wow when you really get your nutrition down your meditation your practice your training you enhance the functioning of your brain of your cognition your ability to receive and act on ideas uh, to find solutions to problems uh, you really can support and accelerate the regeneration of your body and your tissues and make your skin literally reverse aging, you know? And it's, it's like a video game, you know? Each one of these little things that you get when they're really good items that you add to your yeah. diet, yeah. They, they upgrade your kit, your gear, your power in one way or another. Like a, one real simple one recently I've been – fascinated on and I just kind of go through things as they come to me and I'll dive into individual elements and I've basically been guided through my experience my life just to understand the fundamental elements of what I am composed of Mm -hmm. and so I've like gone through the minerals the macro minerals specifically some of the trace minerals and I've really been going through the amino acids over the last year and one of the ones most recently I've been enjoying is glycine mm-hmm. so just to speak of like an element that's like something you could add to your toolkit you know you see probably like collagen supplements all over the place um the primary amino acid 36 percent of collagen is glycine right and it's the simplest amino acid it's the shortest amino acid and that puts it at the beginning of a lot of possibilities as to what your body can do with it and it's demonstrated three to five grams of glycine boost growth hormone, 50%. Mm. It's just increasing the circulating glycine in your body uh, boosts collagen production, which is like regenerating your tissues, making wrinkles go away, helping to heal injuries, um. regrowing joint tissue and cartilage. Like I, I really have been appreciating it because of that chronic knee uh. problems and in my hip and just been dosing glycine to a really high degree glycine and proline i was i was about to ask is it isn't like glycine proline lysine and cysteine i know methionine's in there somewhere as well like as far as like the cartilage and tissue repair Mm -hmm. yeah the glycine proline and lysine for sure and and vitamin c Mm -hmm. has a, a part in the play as well and to actually making the collagen Um, lysine is easier to come by uh what is it i believe pea protein or rice is really high in it so all these individual like the amino acids themselves are profound you know and for so many years i looked towards all these rare exotic herbs all over the place which are awesome but i was like missing like necessary building blocks like like that and glycine is an interesting one because uh, it's, you really don't get a lot of it unless you're consuming bone broth, you know, uh-huh. plant, plant sources. Um, they can now synthesize it and gratefully, as with pretty much all of the amino acids, I'm pretty sure it can be synthesized through <clears throat> bacterial fermentation. So they can produce glycine in a, in a vegan way. Um, and it has just profound, profound effects. So that's just one kind of simple 
tool or nutrient that's uh, been fascinating me and just kind of an, as an example of these little pieces you pick up along the way and slowly start to concoct your your kit, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, your uh-huh. gear that, yes. that helps you make it through this uh, long journey <laughs> we're on. Man, that and that, I mean, that's a great download. There's like so many areas that I'd love to open up. Um, we'll have to do, maybe we'll have to just hop on a part two and just, and just riff some more. Um, I mean, I really love your perspectives on all this, just health, nutrition, um, kind of this alchemical piecing together, all these different pieces of the puzzle and bringing it forth in a common sense type of way. And, um, and really, yeah, it's just, it's really refreshing and really, I think, um, useful for a lot of people. Obviously you have a YouTube channel that not obviously, but obvious to me. I mean, I know that you have a YouTube channel and I definitely, you have so much more information that you go into and people can obviously reach out to you and work with you and go a lot deeper. So I just want to make that known to everyone. People are like seething, wanting to like get more into the details whether well, that information is available or can be made available through connecting with Spencer. So we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but just for the sake of time, I want to um, take a couple minutes to just kind of like maybe bring, bring a final point. Um, it's unfortunate we have to close out the conversation now. It's just getting so good. Um, you know, one of the points I wanted to, or one of the things I want to talk to you about was this whole like kind of, dispelling myths but but more so with the time we have like just just kind of talking about a little bit about I almost don't know how to word it but like you know we were having a conversation the other day about an individual about like going on the internet and just like throwing information out there basically the seesaw effect right like swinging over here we kind of alluded it to it just a little bit before like hopping over here and then this is the end all be all. And then like somebody has an emotional meltdown, then all of a sudden it's like, no, this is the end all be all. And they're publicly confusing people out there. And I just kind of feel like I want to just touch on that. We're not mentioning any names. It's just, it's the phenomenon itself and how to help people discern between nonsense and um, actually useful information. (laughs) Right. Yeah. God bless everybody. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Um, just experience, you know, over time we learn more and we start to recognize patterns and traits, you know, and, but at the same time, it's like, we can't let a past pattern stop us from placing faith in a new relationship, but we always have to understand the potential of deceit and I know it is a very sad thing to see people who genuinely want to improve their health following some of these erratic advisors to their own, you know, deceit and insanity, just to back and forth. So, you know, look for examples yeah. who embody those things that you aspire to have, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and for people like these teachers who share with such certainty with every new thing that's found, just be really careful with how you present information. Uh, I am just an experimenter. It puts me in a nice place. You know, I can say that because I've been wrong so many times and I've changed my mind so many times. And each thing is an evolution that then integrates the past into it. So we need to be careful with how we phrase our information. So that's one way that you can be more discerning with information sources. Are these people speaking like this is a righteous God forgiven truth, or is it mm-hmm. within a certain realm of, of uh, realism of, you know, speaking it as if this is our best understanding as of today, or based on this information, this is what's true. Not like this is the all out. This is right. Definitely 100%. You don't know, you know? Um, so, you know, and I even place that like all men has really solid, very well articulated ideas and beliefs. And I enacted them and adhered to them to the highest of my ability. But even that I don't experience is completely true to me, even though he has such certainty. 
you know, but still 98% of everything I've gotten from our uh, relationship and from our, um, from my learning from it has been mm. profoundly life-changing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seek, seek out the individuals who embody those, those traits that you wish to adopt yourself and don't speak with it for certainty until you know it with your own experience, you know? Mm. I think that's, that's solid, sensible, key advice. Just like we're just approximating the path. We're just getting closer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer, but none of this has ever been figured out, which is like, am I going to figure that out? Like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play my little part and I'm going to get closer to my own riddle because what works for me may not work for you for obvious and fundamental reasons that we're two different, completely different people. It's like in marketing, when people, this whole like thing around seven steps to success, that those seven steps may have worked for that person who didn't even know how they became successful and then reverse engineered it. And they came up with these seven things, which may or may not have even been accurate. That may have just been what that, they may have had no, understanding of divine timing and synchronicity and their astrological aspects that played into all these nebulous things that that person just was like, Hey, it must've been these seven things. Here's this. I'm successful. Here's the seven steps to success. And everyone doing it is failing miserably and wondering why it's like, yo, we look, this is the deal. You're your own individual riddle and you have your own riddle to solve. So like you can get ideas from other people but to adopt somebody else's value system or their 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 modalities or whatever as if that's the the gospel truth like it's it's at this point in our in our kind of culture and our community and our our kind of um maturity i think it's just like it should be plainly obvious that that is not the way to go that does not work and the only thing it does is breed more distrust and and i find that people that are following other people like like in that kind of guru way are not um are not emotionally or psychologically mature or fortified enough to actually follow their own path and so that actually indicates a deeper spiritual thing where it's like you actually need to 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 actually find out what's true for you and break out of the comfort of like you know believing in something and actually you know actually learning learning about you know, what's true for you. That's the truth. Something that brought up for me, I'd like to share too, is that whenever you do adopt something, adopt it fully, or you're not going to actually know if you did it or not. Cause one thing that drives me crazy is people like, Oh, I tried the ketogenic diet or I tried intermittent fasting and work for me. And they tried maybe even a week would mm-hmm. be a long stand for some of these people, but there are adaptations that happen months down the line. And right. So it, if you're not going to fully adhere to it and actually conduct a good experiment, please don't share your opinions on it. You know what I'm saying? Like fully, fully try. And I'd recommend just doing it go all out so that you can know or not like that is or is not a good thing for me as mm-hmm. opposed to like dabbling in it. You don't get anything out of it and you also don't know. So you just wasted your time. It could have been a good thing, but you didn't actually do it. So you spent a month half-assing it and you still don't know. Mm. And when you could just try it, it doesn't work. You don't have to do it. You know, you fulfilled the, the experience. It didn't resonate with me. It's like, look, dude, like your version of intuitive eating is like ding-dongs and tombstone pizza and stuff. You don't have a reference for real food yet. I mean, this, you know, for people, it's like, oh, I'm just intuitive eating or it didn't resonate with me. It's like your resonation machine must be. It could be completely hijacked. You've just been on processed food your whole life. What do you know? Like it's going to take a while to adapt to something that is more natural or normal. Um, You know, there's a whole, like you said, like the adaptation of going from like you've lived your whole life on processed food. You think one week is going to be enough to know and, and I think that's the difference. I won't go on a whole rant because we, we have to close the conversation out. But it's like, it's the difference between believing and knowing. Right? Everybody believes something. Right. But how many people actually know anything? And I think that kind of is like the, the that's my concluding thought anyways to, to this. I feel that. Know for yourself. Trust it out. Uh, test it out. Experiment for yourself and know through your own experience. Mm. Totally. 
Indeed, my friend. That's the Tao, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. This is one of the funnest interviews I get to do with you and just kind of riff and raff and, and soak up your perspective and wisdom. Where can everybody follow you? How do people get in contact with you and get more? Awesome. I am putting most of my content out through YouTube and that my channel is just Spencer hyphen Mac. I'm also on Instagram, Spencer dot Mac. Uh, you can contact me through my website, which is Spencer hyphen Mac.com. Glad you got that up. Yeah, finally. You know, it takes a while. Don't forget, I live in the woods, you know. So <laughs> <I can't do. laughs> but yeah, so feel free to reach out. I love connecting. I love getting to work with individuals primarily and always open to, uh, to new information, new resources. Uh, I think people who see me and hear the path that we're on, like you and I, Ronnie, uh, we know when we are family. Mm. And so if there's anything you see that I could benefit from, never hesitate to contribute. And if there's any way that I can contribute to you, always please reach out. You know, we got to help each other out. We're in this together. Yes. We are, we are inseparable and <laughs> very seriously. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, don't hesitate. You know, we're all, we're all family here. Great, great way to conclude this. Thank you so much for coming on. It was such a pleasure, so much fun, and I can't wait to do it again, brother. Looking forward to it, Ronnie. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.